This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, the voice of TikTok joins the Shift. Kat Callahan, morning show host of 91.5 The Beat in Kitchener-Waterloo, and a voiceover artist tells us how she became the voice of the world's biggest app and what it's like to hear her voice everywhere, especially now that it's public. Handy Andy Barrar has the secret to keeping your phone away from the bedroom. Our DIY expert gets into that, plus helping keep the cost of projectors low. Twitter is a bit of a dumpster fire these days, and hackers are taking full advantage of it. Cyber security expert Hank Fordham helps us understand how online trolls are impersonating accounts and wreaking havoc on Twitter and trying to get your info so they can take advantage of it and do their stealing thing. This is the Shift Podcast. Hey, thanks for being here and being part of the Shift. There have been many stories that have been batting around um, here, uh, uh, Twitter and all those things. Uh, lately, which is includes things like um, the inability to uh, prove who you are. Okay, so here's what's happened. If you're not on Twitter, uh, there was a verification that was free. You could prove that you were who you were, and you get a little blue check mark. That way, you could tell if your sports, you know, favorite sports person was actually that was their account, not just some parody account or a spoof account. For business, this is really important because if you were Joe's Tire Company, you didn't want someone else to have Joe's Tire Company as the handle and start impersonating the things that you do. No, that's no good, right? That doesn't work for anybody, for your business, doesn't protect you. So you would prove who your business uh, was, you prove who you were, and you would get your blue check mark. When Elon Musk took over, he needed a nice easy way, I'm assuming, to make some cash. So he took away the blue check marks from everybody for free who was verified. And said for eight bucks US, you can have a blue check mark. I'm not quite sure who it verifies you as. It basically just gives you a check mark that says you're subscribing to Twitter, I guess. You're willing to pay. Maybe that verifies you because somebody paid the bill. They can tell they can they can probably trace who you are, but publicly you can be whoever you want. One of the funniest ones was there was a parody account of Connor McDavid that somebody made. They paid for the blue check mark. And then said that they were traded to you and they're going to New York. So it works and it doesn't work. Now, the reality is it's going to make money for Twitter. But if you're a business and someone starts impersonating your business, what is the impact of that? Let's flip the script upside down and say if you are a hacker and you want to take advantage and steal people's info... Well, this is a fantastic way to do it, isn't it? Let's hit the thing. System breach. What just happened? Someone hacked me. All right, there we go. It's Hank the Hacker. Hank Fordham is here uh, on the shift. This whole Twitter debacle is just heavenly for hackers, isn't it, Hank? You know, it really is. And and I figured it was only a matter of time. Mm -hmm. It is a matter of time. Okay, a couple of very quick examples. A fake account impersonating Ontario Premier Doug Ford uh, was tweeting out jokes about keeping sick kids away from his cabin. 
And um, there was another account that was pretending to be a pharmaceutical company, uh, the Eli Lilly and Co. They started tweeting that insulin was now free. Now, they had um, a blue check mark that they paid for. This had massive impacts on stocks. Now, one thing we haven't talked a lot about, Hank, is hackers having an impact on the stock market. We've shared on the shift about sort of the, the, the GameStop you know, shorts and all the things. There's that special on Netflix. But this does really tiptoe into that hacker's world of infecting people's computers to uh, sway public opinion in their favor. I'll create a fake scenario, Hank. I have, I'm a hacker, I'm a bad guy, a black hat hacker. I infect a bunch of computers and then I start getting access to, say, social accounts like Twitter and emails and everything else. Maybe the accounts of people who are salespeople or around different big companies. If I get three or four from one company, I could start, say, tweeting out, I can't believe they fired us all and they're, they're going broke. And now all of a sudden the stock market starts to see this and people react and they dump stock for cheaper. Well, now you're buying stock for 50 cents on the dollar. Then it gets cleared up like, oh, that was just drama. Someone just hacked these accounts. The value of the stock goes back up again. And now you, by the way, have doubled your money. This is an area of hacking we haven't really talked much about. You know, I, I'll bet you that's kind of close to something like what happened here with the tweet that did happen. Um, but, the you know, the alarming thing to me is that people tend to rely on Twitter for information during disasters and things like elections and other newsworthy events and to you know to think how easy it is like moving forward for someone to you know spin up a twitter account that appears to be a political campaign or one of their representatives or like you said a representative of of some company or an ex, i guess quote unquote ex employee of a company mm-hmm. um it it like you know, this is and this is obviously all going to change very quickly with Elon kind of learning how to run the helm over at Twitter. But I think it, it definitely calls into question some of the problems that we're going to see with tend, uh, with Twitter moving in, into the future here. And like you said, with with all of the new vectors for hackers attacking this this new kind of feature, look at the legacy check marks. Like anyone who owned one of those check marks before is now a much, much higher, like bigger target for hackers because if they can get their hands on, I guess what I'm now, they're now made it a gray check after this whole update. But if, if a hacker can get a hold of a gray check, then, then the results are terrifying. And with, with the purchase blue checks, hackers have already been abusing that to post things like, um, malicious links. So there's th- links that uh, hackers can make that it kind of takes over your browser on your phone or your computer and it makes it so through your browser they can steal passwords and uh, and, and other information from your device. So it, it it's already happening with hackers buying, having bought one of these accounts with a blue check and then posting one of these malicious links. So this translated to some of the other topics that we chat about here quite often, which include, you know, hackers usually sort of Trojan horse style anyway. They they get into your email, click a link. Hey, by the way, here's your document. 
You click on it. Now you've got a, a hole in your computer. They can access that. They can send out other emails. They can farm data from you, whatever they need to do. And in some cases, they try to get into a corporation, and it gets them a backdoor access into corporate documents, things like that. Now, in that particular case, you have to find the right email addresses of the people. You've got to email those people. You've got to hope they bite and all of that. In this case with Twitter, the exact same strategy of getting into a business organization is kind of like the, the white pages of the old school phone book. You literally have the whole phone book of the world at your fingertips to just search it. And if you could just search these people out, you could get 100 people from that company right now and get access to everything uh, if you could get them to click on on one of those links and get access. Am I understanding this properly? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like I, w- I was speaking or thinking about this earlier, but like not everyone is, is right on top of what's happening with like Elon Musk or, or Twitter, mm-hmm. for example. So it's it's not difficult for someone to influence other people or even a, a huge demographic of people just by making a post that appears to be from a legitimate source. And, and you know, in this case with the saying that they were going to make um, the the medication free and then the stock dropping, uh, everyone thought that that was a legitimate source to receive information from. Uh, a lot of money to be made, isn't there? Absolutely. And, and there's already hackers taking advantage of that. And same thing over on, on different platforms. Mm-hmm. What kind of money can hackers make when they do these kinds of things? Do they just like try to make 10 bucks at a time or are these people making big dough? You know, it's, it's interesting because the very thing that Elon Musk was trying to avoid here was, as he said, that the scammers and the spam bots. But what he's actually encouraged, and again, like I said earlier, I'm sure... I'm sure this is obviously all going to change, but what he's kind of encouraged or, or made possible is hackers to target the, the platform. Now, all of a sudden, Twitter has become a more relevant and, and in some cases, a much easier target for hackers to not only spread malware to the wild, but uh, a, with the gray checks and, and the legacy accounts, if if a hacker can get a hold of one of those, then the value of that on the market and, or even the value of, um, I I think of fraud. So Mm -hmm. fraud is one of the big problems that, that we're dealing with. And I I think that we're going to see a lot of in, in 2023 here, but, um, if someone wanted to like, in, in some ways empty a credit card or, or Mm -hmm. launder cryptocurrencies, then, they now have the ability to go like credential stuff a bunch of Twitter accounts or even generate a bunch of fake Twitter accounts, purchase mm-hmm. that check to make it look legitimate, and then resell them at bulk or use them at bulk for advertising or different campaigns. So it's right. it, the, the possibilities here are, are endless, and especially with kind of how you know, how fluid the situation is with Elon figuring out how to do things. We've chatted a lot about uh, Hank the Hacker, about, um, you know, Russian influence. We've heard in the news recently that uh, China has been very directly with evidence accused of influencing the 2019 election in Canada. And we've chatted a lot about hackers doing hackery things during influential for elections and all that stuff. And I can't help but think of 
if you and I were, were bad were bad guy hackers with a good marketing strategy and some hacking skills, we could create a very good full coverage in series of interactions run by robots that would be tweeting back and forth at each other about our brand new technology. You and I have now created the world's best coffee machine. And so we can actually automate an entire thing that happens online between all of these checkmark accounts that start creating dialogue about our amazing coffee machine. Then we get investors. We do all these things. Turns out we don't have a coffee machine. It's all bunk. Like we, we've faked it. So hackers can do that over a fake coffee machine. Imagine what they can do with fake check marks and all this sort of impersonation type stuff over elections. We would see like, this is off the charts level stuff, isn't it? I, I love how like relevant your example is because I think of uh, the story that came out literally just, just yesterday with uh, a Hydro-Quebec worker being charged with spying for China. And, uh, and of course, there's still employees working there that I, I believe were, were linked to this, this employee that got, got caught for spying. But mm-hmm. um, imagine, you know, Chinese nationalists coming in, developing a social media profile, because that's what cybersecurity, people that are hiring for c- cybersecurity, they will go and look at that. They go and look at these profiles and they go look at your social media footprint, just like probably any other job. And so if, if these people can, can come here and they can develop these really authentic looking social media appearances or, or platforms and they can maintain this, then it makes it really easy for them to apply for a job or do other things and kind of within society to, and, and get information that they shouldn't be getting, like, like spying and, and selling data for batteries to, to, to China. Mm-hmm. Or, or here's the keys to shut it all off. Right. Yeah. Who needs like we see it? We see in Russia. And this is one of the things that I don't understand. And I think it takes me back to when you said about Russian hackers really aren't that good. There's high volume of them, but it's hiring other hackers that make it good. Because in Ukraine, in order to in the war that's going on, in order to knock out the power, they're throwing rockets and drones at power grid stuff. If you could have insider keys like the China Quebec thing. Um, to just flip the switch, you don't need to launch rockets anymore. You don't have to do that. That seems to me to be telling of the difference of what's truly going on in Russia and what's going on in China with their sort of quiet influence that's that's happening in the world of hacking today. Well, and I, I think it's going to start getting a lot louder, too, because when we look at, um, you know, hardware like Huawei, Huawei was completely banned out of Canada, we're, we're, like, where something that was ready to be introduced to critical infrastructure, like they were going to be in, introducing that to critical well, they already infrastructure. Were in cell, cell infrastructure. Yeah. It's costed like and, millions to get it out. And now they've been cut off right, right when they were right at the finish line, they've got cut off. So I, I think that it like, because they can't, they're not going to be able to do it as low key anymore. It, things are going to be a lot louder in terms of you know us noticing these the spying nationals or uh, cyber attacks and uh, especially like where one cyber attack might appear to be Russia, it could have been carried out by China as proxy of Russia because it's mm-hmm. not uncommon for hackers to want to hide their footsteps and make it look like it was someone else. Well, isn't that that sort of impersonating um, thing coming up again, right? Like, uh, I've been, you know, it's fraud. Someone, someone's putting it on me and, and sort of all that, right? Getting 
getting framed for it. Now, here's another one um, that's related to this sort of conversation of hackers is that Apple has wiped off 540,000 apps from their app store. The Apple ecosystem was always more protected. Now, I learned very quickly that if you wanted to create an app, which I did, that you, they were, all they cared about was advertising dollars and dollars. That's become evidently clear because if your advertising dollars setup wasn't quite right, they had no problem declining your app. Turns out if they're wiping off this many old, out of date, and whatever bad things happened apps, 540,000, the Apple App Store is actually at its lowest number of apps now in seven years. There are less apps on it than ever before. Apple used to be the way to keep your app safe where Android was the wild west they would approve anything. So what are your thoughts now on hearing these numbers that 540,000 apps. Part of it though is Facebook said that some of these apps were on your phone, the apps were communicating and the the bad apps were going to your Facebook app and monitoring Facebook and stealing data that way. Yeah, I and so there's a few like there's a, a lot to this this story, but <laughs> <also> um, here. <laughs> <laughs> with with regard to the the data being siphoned in the background, it's it's not uncommon for um, there's a, a few companies that I know of even and without saying too much that um, for them to be able to monitor the data of anyone through Tor nodes and. Because when when an application on your phone is communicating with the internet, it's it's not using like the same internet that you're used to where you go to Google. It's using the Onion Relay, and that makes it so it can send data. And I'm saying this with quotes over my head, but mm-hmm. it can send data securely and privately. But okay, um, if if enough people control an exit node and an en- uh, entry node. Uh, so to say, then they can they can view this data in plain text, and so you end up with these these app developers that use that kind of method for for data relay, and they don't really care about the security in the background. So with security That's becoming wild. forefront, it makes sense to me that that Apple is removing some of these apps. And at first, I was actually a little impressed. I, I was a little bit disappointed that. Some of the applications they're targeting, I th- I don't think that they sh- they should be removing them. Like, you know, I think of like old games on the Nintendo or something. Like, if those mm-hmm. were removed from access to the public, it would be di- really disappointing. But there are a lot of legitimate reasons to remove a lot of the apps that they did remove. Where I think they I think they were at something like two million or a little over two mil- million, and now they're at one point six million. And uh, in comparison to the the Google App Store on Android, you have three and a half million applications. That's crazy to think. (laughs) Well, it it brings into question that I I think Google really needs to do a thorough review of their apps to stay on the same level. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, it's fascinating to think that apps can steal from other apps. We need to be very careful in all of the things that we have. Now, iPhone or Android, I know the answer to this, but iPhone or Android for you, what are you using and why do you choose it? Oh, man, I could I could talk all day on that, too. Man. I know. But, uh, I know. It's an unfair question. I get that. I have a really, I have a really crappy Android right now. Hopefully, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll get a nice phone someday, but... Um, for a few years before this, I was using an iPhone. Uh, mm-hmm. I, but to, to keep it short and sweet, 
I prefer iPhones for security. The the security on iPhones is like I mean that's there's closed source, but mm-hmm. I prefer Androids for their flexibility. The amount of like freedom that you have with an, an Android and the amount of functionality is insane. You can don't do things online. on an Android that you absolutely can't do on, a, on an iPhone. Right. But yeah, just don't maybe don't shop online. <laughs> Very cool. All right, Hank the Hacker here on The Shift. Some insights for you. If uh, there's apps that you don't use in your phone, uh, take them off. That's a good way to start. That's for sure. If you're not using them, take them off. And um, you can always back up your phone if you ever want them back again. And if you've already downloaded them or paid for them, you get them back. So why not clean it up? Good advice. Uh, also disable NFC. <laughs> Where do we do that? Oh, I, well, I just did a keynote speech this, this year at B-Sides. And I did a demo with a little ring, like jewelry that goes on your finger. And mm-hmm. only takes a couple seconds of holding an Android phone that has NFC enabled to infect it with malware. Okay. And is there a switch that we can turn off? Can you can you get us a link or something that we can post at shiftheads.ca about how to turn those things off on our phone? Sure, yeah, I'll shoot you a link. Um, but with an Android, you can usually just drag down from the top of your screen and click the little NFC button so that it's not turned on and you won't be you won't be a victim to that anymore. But I'll shoot you a link for some more like in detail instructions. Got it, Hank the Hacker. Thanks for being here, brother. Yes, sir. This is the Shift Podcast. If you are online and you watch the TikTok, <laughs> that's how old people say it, the TikTok, um, there, there's one voice that everybody knows. And I have to tell you, I'm going to confess, I have a love-hate relationship with this voice. I, it drives me crazy because I, to me, it's lazy. It's lazy for these people to just type in these things and just come on, narrate it yourself, put a little effort into it. But then the voice itself is very distinct. And uh, turns out, through some recent events that happened, we know who this voice is. There's a voice on TikTok, and I'm going to not do it service, but when you see the voice to text that somebody types in, you know, I walked over to the sink and I washed my dishes, that will narrate that for you. And Kat Callahan is the voice of that. Now, Kat is in Kitchener-Waterloo at The Beat, uh, one of our sister channels, and you, Kat, are actually literally one of the most, like, have you, does this hit you yet? You are one of the most recognizable voices in the entire world right now. It, it honestly hasn't until more recently when, as you mentioned, I decided to kind of go public with it as I was kind of toying with what I want to do and, and not want to do. And we'll get, we'll, we can get into that too. But uh, it, it kind of dawned on me after. And I mean, the TikTok, the initial one I put out to let people know I was the voice of TikTok, having so many tens of millions of views, really mm-hmm. let that sink in because there's a curiosity there because it is used so much. So has it sunk in? Probably not fully, Shane. Probably not fully still. Yeah. Yeah. So I imagine what a crazy crossroads. You are, I, and I had a, a friend of mine conversation today um, about this and he said, well, do you ever do voice work? And I used to do a bunch of voice work, but for yeah. me sitting reading scripts, I'm like, bah, not my jam. I'd rather be in conversation with people. Now, there are people in this world, in our industry, not to get too inside baseball, but pull back the wizard's current a little bit, that do like sitting and reading scripts in studios and doing all those kinds of things. You have one of those beautiful voices that, you know, you can you can do that all day, make a bunch of money, 
you could be the voice of radio stations. Like you could do, you just have a beautiful voice. So you could do those things. Um, so where, where does it all land for you? You do live radio in the mornings and yet you have this voice work that you also do too. So um, that must be a bit of a crossroads for you, especially now. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. So I, I mean, yeah, I started in radio and I, uh, that's my 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 heart where my heart is and uh, my passion. It was in 2015 I started a my voiceover company on on the side. So mm-hmm. I remember when I did it, I was working for a station in Toronto doing a morning show there, and there was a client who wanted to put some videos on their social media and, and said, you know, you do the commercial for us here. And usually, uh, for those who don't know how it works in radio, a lot of the time if we're asked to do scripts for the radio station we'll do them and sometimes they're endorsements and sometimes they're not it all depends every station it varies so for me i did a couple of commercials for them and lent and lent my voice to them and they reached out to me and said look we want to do some online videos would you be able to do that so i mean i used the you know the studio in the basement at the time recorded some stuff and sent it and they gave me money for it and then it kind of dawned on me like if I do just like a couple of these, a few of these a day, that's some good little extra cash. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so my voiceover company was started uh, then and I networked a lot. Um, I mean, you kind of you kind of have to you have to you do a lot of networking when it comes to voiceover because stuff isn't just handed to you. Um, you do search for things. You do occasionally audition for things as well, of course. And so it was one of those things for me that was just kind of came naturally from radio and and I liked doing it. I like actually like I liked reading the scripts, much like you said, Shane. It's for some. It's not for everybody to sit there and look at a script. I like. I take joy in bringing that script to life and working with a client to make sure everything's great. I really do enjoy that. And I've done everything from e-learning projects to which the subject of which the subject matter I actually know nothing on, but it's in a script. Oh, funny. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Like computer <laughs> Not the professor, just to be clear. Oh, oh, wow. You know, I could do an entire lesson on how to do things, but then the second the microphone goes off, I couldn't tell you how to do a thing, like not a thing. So That's funny. it's kind of like a fun That's new so world good. though. I get to kind of, ex- yeah, I get to kind of experience different, um, different ways of, of life through those uh, different commercials. Mm-hmm. And yes, some of them are commercials too. Some of them are YouTube videos. And anyway, TikTok um, happened to come along and here we have it. I'm yeah. uh, one of the text-to-speech options. And there are options, but for some reason, uh, that one keeps getting used a lot. Yeah, it gets used a lot. So, okay, for a while, this has been quiet. Um, mm-hmm. Trying to respect all the boundaries of that is TikTok here too. So um, let me know if there's anything that's offside. Yeah. Um, the You... I mean, you basically um, would hear your voice all the time when this was private for you and you'd kind of kept it to yourself and you're doing these things and that you see people, maybe even coworkers, you know, hey, check out this video. It's really funny. The cat fell off the counter. <laughs> but then it's you. Yeah. Um, do you roll your eyes and, and hear yourself and go, oh, man, what is the uh, like, this is not oh. OK. I mean, we all hate our voicemail greetings. <laughs> even radio people do. The f- I think that for me. I laugh. I mean, I think it's funny. And for the last like year and a half, knowing this and hearing it, even when I'm out in public, people playing videos and my voice is on it. It's kind of like mm-hmm. one of those like things where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I want to laugh because that's me. But I think the only time I get weirded out because I don't mind. Like if you want to go ahead and make a video and at the beginning of the video, it's, um, you know, uh, that time I went to the store. It's like, OK, did you need to add that? Like so those things I'm like, 
as someone who (laughs) (laughs) your your radio has kicking in you're like you need to edit yeah exactly exactly i'm like we can cut some of this out okay efficiency is key so part of me does that the other part is because i'm such a peppy voice on the service and that's done very purposely i think people can understand that because up to this point you probably notice there's a lot of monotone options whether it is text to speech or speech to text it's a lot of this and that's it and you don't hear a smile and then comes in comes jesse as she's named in the app and i'm so happy all the time so another one for me is when people are posting these videos of like hurricanes or something and a hurricane took my house away like no 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 like, don't no no what? undo undo my dog died yeah. today like no come on yeah so at times like that, <laughs> my boyfriend dumped <laughs> yeah. me at times like that i'm like embarrassed for myself but i also know how to like kind of compartmentalize and be like that's yours to use how you choose on your channel that's fine yeah. i wouldn't have done it but that's cool <laughs> I love it. This is so great. So um, now, technically, we could always get you. We could always just go to the app and make a video, and then record it and and do it for the shift. I mean, so what I'll do here is I'm going to grab a, a video, right? I'll grab something from TikTok, um, and so people can hear the context of of how you sound on the service hmm. and how you sound uh, when when you do those things. But did you have a favorite, something that you can just for allow some context for the audience here? Because the Shifted community, not everybody's going to be on TikTok, so they're not going to understand that. And at the same time, though, if they go check it out, I want them to have clarity that it is you because they're going to see it real quick. I mean, those videos come up so quickly. Um, and so is there something, do you have a favorite that you, you keep in your in your pocket here that you do for... Some of the voice things, like a favorite, like a favorite saying that you maybe a video, yeah, saying video someone's used. It's you know, I don't want to say a party trick that you do, but yeah, uh, you know, when your parents used to do to you, they'd be like, "Hey, do that cat, do that thing you yeah. do in front well, of their drunk friends <laughs> yeah. right at the Christmas party." <laughs> and yeah. now it's pretty much that for me for everything. But it's usually for me, it's like fixing things lately. I've had a lot of requests for it to the point where I just I started a cameo because I'm like, you know what, if you want me to fix your name. Have mm-hmm. at the cameo. You can go ahead and, and get one. Um, so a lot of the time, people so far have been asking me to say things uh, to that extent, to fix it or say their name properly. That's really what I've what I've been mm. getting a lot. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. So when you do with all the self, because TikTok has grown into a lot of these uh, self-growth, like DIY type of videos too. It's not just silly videos. Um, do you ever go into your kitchen and, you know, it's because you were inspired when you said fix your name. <laughs> you know, and, and this is how you fix the light bulb yeah. and turn on the thing and fix the thing. Do you ever narrate yourself now? Do you catch yourself? Okay, no, I never, I never do that. I've never done that before, but sometimes I'll have a little, I'll have a little fun with it. Um, every now and again, just with like friends and family and stuff. And they, they all think it's, it's funny, but I mean, I don't do it to myself. I do find it interesting that I'll teach myself things sometimes on TikTok and it's not me, mm-hmm. but it is me. Like life hacks funny. and things like that. Although sometimes <laughs> so passive aggressively, right? Like you've been doing laundry all wrong. Like, okay, how about you don't know me? You know, <laughs> don't you just calm down. <laughs> get into an argument with yourself. Exactly. I'm like, easy. Okay. I know what I'm doing. Like, don't you dare. <laughs> yeah. So things like that, I find kind of amusing. <laughs> I love it. This is so good. Well, I appreciate you being so generous with your time with us here. I have to ask you to do uh, the shifts with Shane Hewitt. Um, Ryan was desperate uh, to hear that. And another one would be it's the millennial on the radio with Ryan O'Donnell. So if you don't mind kicking those out for me, um, Ryan has a giant smile on his face right here. And I would like to uh, 
I, I would like to, to make his day. So would you mind saying those in your, your TikTok-y voice? Sure. In Jesse's voice, if you will. Sure. Uh, the Shift with Shane Hewitt would be the first one. Okay. The Shift with Shane Hewitt. The Shift with Shane it. Hewitt. There you go. <laughs> so good. And then uh, the Millennial on the Radio with Ryan O'Donnell. The Millennial on the Radio with Ryan O'Donnell. So good. You're awesome. Congratulations on the success. Thank you. Um, I, I, I really appreciate your show that you guys do anyway. I know that Kitchener Waterloo loves you. And um, the fact that you've been able to not only get into this and create it and do it with such grace and live into it is amazing to me. And I think, and this is my hippie self, but as much as Jesse's voice is peppy and upbeat and all those things, I think that there's a little bit of cat and that genuine that you have that carries through. And I want you to know that I hear that and I appreciate Thank that. Thank you, Shane. And for the record, if you ever did decide to do voice work, I think that you would just, you would just kill it. <laughs> you have a oh, beautiful so voice. Sweet. Well, come. Thank you. Well, come be a part of the shift anytime. I'll, I mean, here we are. Next time. I'm, I love going to Ottawa. I don't know if I'll go venture yep. anywhere in Canada in the winter. Usually, I stay in my bubble. Right. But I've been so you many. I've been so many times uh, previous. I love it. So next time, I'll we'll I'll go come to say hi. I'll come to six forty in Toronto, just down the road. There you there. go. And uh, we'll we'll do a show from there, even nice and simple. Yeah, How about that? That sounds great. Cat Callahan, the voice of Jesse on TikTok, fascinating. Ryan O'Donnell's uh, still picking his jaw off the table there. Now, okay, so what does it sound like legitimately on TikTok when you, when you do that? Now, Kat did the voice for us. Now, the app has this uh, voice thing that you type it in, and then it will say what you typed in. That's what you did on this one. Hey, Ryan, you did you put this one yes. together with things you typed in? Yes, okay, so I this used it. Classic, uh, classic TikTok here. Text-to-speech options with the voice of Jesse. That's Kat Callahan that you just heard. Here's something that Ryan typed in, and you can hear the similarity. Hi, Shift Heads. This is Jesse, and she can say anything. Silly words like bababoey, or crazy words like preposterous. So that's like, it, it sounds exactly like her, right? It's bizarre to hear that right after hearing her real voice. It's crazy how good All that over is, the world. Right? All yeah. over the world. Now, for about a year and a half, that was really a secret. And I imagine everyone who listens in Kitchener-Waterloo that would hear her every day and go, God, that sounds familiar. I can't put my yeah. finger on it. I can't. And then um, to have it, the reveal would be mind-blowing. Um, what an amazing cat cat is um but there you go the voice of jesse now technology and using ai we don't know how i'm going to speculate we don't know how this is done i'm guessing it's a series of sounds portions of yep. words full words all of that like when in that clip where you, the baba buoy it sounds like it's a whole bunch of different sounds put together ba and ba and then buoy right so it sounds like there's the ai is putting sounds together as well there's new technology where you can take a voice like the Jesse voice and the app will use AI to take your your movie clip or your song and add Jesse's voice to singing. Now, clearly they have not got the pitch shift to keep it in key right yet. So the AI goes really really well when you do text to speech like that clip. Can you play the first clip just a couple of seconds of it again, BK? The first one, the one we just the played? The first one, yeah. Yeah, the one we just played. Hi, Shift Heads. This is Jesse, and she can say anything. 
yeah, so like that's pretty clear, right? Like that stuff sounds neat. That's that's the 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 text to speech on TikTok. The AI working well with Cat's voice. The AI for the singing and the other clips is not great yet. This is the same Jesse voice, and the computer is trying to put together "All I Want for Christmas Is You." It's terrible. Okay, so clearly the technology is not quite there yet for the singing part, although that does sound an awful lot like Mariah Carey did in New York a couple of years ago when she tried to perform that live. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. I was going to say, about that. I've also heard that pretty much exact performance in my karaoke hosting days. So. Oh, yeah. God, that's a tough one. Uh, you should just yes. say no to those people yeah. when they want to no. No, I'm sorry. You can't sing that song. Yeah, I'm only getting paid hourly here. Yeah. Oh, God, it's terrible. Okay, now here's one more. Why not Rick roll you a little bit early on your Tuesday morning? Uh, again, the technology fails us. Let's play the very first clip again for context, BK. This is the text-to-speech option with Kat Callahan as the Jesse voice on TikTok. This is what it sounds like for speaking. Sounds awesome. Hi, shift heads. This is Jesse. Okay, so that's that's the good, and this is a terrible AI trying to take that exact same voice and turn it into one of the best songs ever made. Gotta make you understand Never gonna give you up Never gonna let you down Never gonna you Oh, man, that's bad. Amazing. It's so funny. I love it so much. I guess the technology needs to start somewhere. Yes. Text-to-speech, good. Text-to-singing, AI, terrible. But thanks to Kat Callahan for being a real champ and coming on with us probably getting ready for her uh, her morning show now on her way to work and uh, giving us a listen here on the shift. So we appreciate you, Kat. Thank you so much for that. This is the Shift Podcast. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen Handy Andy dancing around with a smile on his face to disco music with nothing but a robe on? Well, let me tell you, my friends, I just witnessed it. You're lucky that I'm wearing my robe, but... Uh, Thank like you. I, was... I am lucky you're wearing well, your robe. Well, you know, it's it's getting cold out, and one of the tricks or handy tricks that I've learned is if you wear layers and a nice fleece robe, you don't really have to keep the heat on as much as you would normally do. So that's how I'm conserving uh, energy costs by wearing this uh, wonderful fleece robe that I that I, I think you should make some babies is what you should do because this <laughs> is so over-the-top dad talk. It's fantastic. I know. I know. I'm, you can tell I'm a middle-aged man now. Yeah. You're really take, taking this on. Good for you. How you doing, bud? Welcome back. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Oh, things are good. Things are really good. We're, uh, you know, we've just had the voice of TikTok on, which is kind of wild um, to hear that. Looking forward to uh, the millennial on the radio with Ryan O'Donnell coming up because we have, um, well, we have a, a little bit of the the voice of TikTok ready to go for for Ryan. 
Ryan was losing his mind, dude, listening to Cat Callahan. Oh, I bet. That's like that's like a celebrity voice right there. I, I just like that's like my dream, being a voiceover artist. Like you you just work in your underwear, you read a couple things, send an MP three and an invoice and get paid. That's what I call working. Right. Yeah, I gotta get me one of those jobs. I gotta get me one of those jobs. Well, we seem to, with every layer of employment that you're striving for, you have less and less clothing on, so let's hope you're not successful. Um, joining us from Surrey, B.C., in his robe, no joke, by the way, we are on a Zoom call while we're on the radio all across the country. Um, Andy is literally uh, literally in his robe. I'm Shane Hewitt. I am in Ottawa. Ryan O'Donnell's in Calgary. Brennan Kelly's in Vancouver as well, by the way. Okay, so let's get started here, Andy. We got uh, we got a few things we want to get into and dig into here in the conversation. Let us start with this: um, the phone in the bedroom at nighttime. Now, part of me says, whatever you do, keep your phone in the bedroom at nighttime because I know that some people listen to us online before they go to sleep. So, whatever you do, if that's you, don't listen to Andy when he has to say because well, no, we love no. you having your phone in your bedroom. But no. it is good advice to take it out. No, of course. We we all know that you should not have your, your any digital device essentially in your bedroom, but let's be real. I'm a realist, Shane, okay? I I understand that a lot of people use it as an alarm clock and they use it for other things. So what I recommend, and this is something that I do because doom scrolling's a real thing. Ryan, I bet you before you go to bed, you're you're on TikTok scrolling, looking at videos, um, you know, bef- before you go to sleep or maybe when 20 you minutes. wake up. 20 minutes. 20 minutes at least. Yeah. 20 minutes every night before bed. Well, I have a trick that can help you save that 20 minutes. And the thing is you don't have to, you know, not have the phone in your bedroom. All you really have to do is create friction. So instead of having a bedside sitting right beside you where you can just lean over and grab your phone, put it on the other side of the room. It could be on the floor. It could be on a, on a, a dresser or something have it charged far away so it's still there it can still work as an alarm clock but unlike an alarm where you can just lean over and hit the snooze button you're gonna have to physically get up to remove it and i'm telling you this one little trick even if you put it on the ground on the other side of the room it's going to change your behavior and your relationship with your phone both when you go uh, to sleep at night and also when you wake up in the morning because most people will check their phone even before they go to the bathroom and I want to change that you know you should be able to go to the bathroom and not have to grab your phone before that so by putting it and creating that friction that's a really easy way to uh, keep your phone in your room but at the same time not be glued to it or be doing doom scrolling up morning and night Kind of like the old idea of if you hit snooze too much, put your alarm clock on the other side of your room. Yeah. So then you have to get out of bed to turn off your beep, beep, beep. It's harder for you to, uh, you're going to be more awake. Yeah. So what I recommend is you actually have a physical, still have an alarm clock beside your bed. Uh, those smart speakers are really good for that too, because you can mm-hmm. set it using the the voice and then get that kind of notification when you wake up. But then you can set a separate, a separate alarm for your phone. And this is really good if you have to like get an early flight and you have to get up at an early time that you're not used to. Uh, that's the kind of trick that I do. But you know, I'm, I'm just being real. A lot of people, you want to be able, if you get a phone call at three in the morning, you want to be able to hear it. And I understand that, but at least keeping it far away from, from your reach when you're in bed uh, is a really good trick to, to ensure that you get the best of both worlds with having the phone in your room, but not being glued to it. 
some of them I've found are really cool. Like some of them, the projectors for the ceiling, for example, all here are super helpful. Um, and you know, those kinds of things too, that help keep the phone away. Um, and, and do the, do the charging somewhere else. Yeah. I tried for a long time, Shane, to charge and leave my phone in the kitchen, but I get this kind of anxiety. And I think a lot of people get that. It's called like nomophobia. It's that, that anxiety when you don't have your phone close to you and, you know, it was hard. And I, the people that do it, I ask people this all the time. I'm so curious on the relationship with their phone and where they charge it. Uh, most people keep it in their bedroom, but every once in a while, you'll meet somebody who will charge it in the living room or in the kitchen, and they're not glued to their phone. And I commend them. I think it's, it takes tremendous discipline to be able to do that in this day and age. Cool. Good advice, man. It's good advice. Uh, I just If you listen to the shift, keep it with you. But I'm being selfish, so don't listen to me. Handy Andy Barrar. It's handyandymedia.com. You can follow his um, YouTube channel. That's a great way to keep in touch. Or you can go check out the videos that he also shares with us at shiftheads.ca in our Facebook group. What do you got today? Uh, I want to talk about how to replace a projector bulb because if you do buy a projector, what you'll notice is that it has kind of a lamp life on the bulb. And typically what they'll do is they'll have software in there that actually counts down how many hours that projector has been on. At some point in time, you're going to reach that end of life of the bulb. And you know it because it's not as bright as it used to be. I had this problem, Shane. I had this um, projector. I got it back in 2018. It was actually a review unit from Epson. And I actually mounted it on the ceiling and I got it perfectly so that the wall that I was projecting on, it was like in that perfect sweet spot. So the entire wall became a projector screen. Mm -hmm. And after I got it set up, Epson was like, hey, we need our review unit back. And I was like, I'm not taking this down. Just send me the bill. What's what's it going to cost me? So I've had it up for about three or four years, but the projector went out. And so I went on Amazon and bought a replacement bulb. And I've never done this before. And I was kind of worried about doing it because it's still mounted on the ceiling. But if you watch this video, it's on shiftheads.ca or you can go to my website, handyandymedia.com. It's actually very easy to replace these projector bulbs. You just have to open up this one little panel. You physically take the bulb out, put the new one in. But what you'll notice is that that projector bulb is super hot, like it's like a little heater inside there that, that gets mm-hmm. that hot. But once you do that, and you could actually see in the video the before and after of how much the brightness improved, especially in the daytime, uh, for like $80, $90, you can bring back one of those projectors that you've had sitting for years on end. And it's also good if you're buying a projector to make sure that you can get a projector bulb replacement because at some point in time, that bulb is going to reach their end of life. And just for like $100, a simple DIY project, you can bring that projector back to its original glory. And I'm telling you, it was a huge difference. I almost regret, I was probably a year too late. I should have did it before, but I was worried because it was still working. It was just a little bit dimmer, but I got to the point where I was like, you know what? I got to switch this. And it was an easy switch. So uh, another good thing about the whole debate about TVs and projectors, if you want the biggest screen projectors by far are the way to go, but you got to have the right kind of room to make that set up. And if you do, you can be rest assured that you can get a replacement bulb in the event that it does dim out. Very cool. Now you figure a hundred bucks was it yours was about that? Yeah, I actually got like a third party bulb and I was kind of worried because it wasn't the official one from Epson, but I looked at the reviews on Amazon and it was way cheaper. And you know, 
it just brought it back to life. It was like, it reminds me of like Transformers when Optimus Prime comes like back to life when you put the Matrix in him. Yep. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of because it kind of looked like a Matrix inside yeah. the projector. That's cool. So the, I, I'm, the reason why I'm asking, because when I had my projector, it was very cost prohibitive to ever replace the bulb. Really, I mean, the cost of the projector versus the cost of the bulb was almost as much as the projector, really. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it was 700, 800 bucks. And you're finding that now with aftermarket, you can, you can get some real access to cool things. Yeah. That's the beauty about Amazon is that they'll, they'll see companies that they'll understand that, wait, this bulb is really expensive and they'll make a kind of like a third party aftermarket one. You just, you got to look at the reviews. It's probably not going to be as good as the original from the OEM manufacturer, but mm -hmm. you know, for a hundred dollars, I was ready to take that risk and. It was one of those risks that I was kind of glad I did. Easy DIY. Again, you can go to shiftheads.ca or handyandymedia.com and you can watch that before and after and the entire switch of replacing that projector bulb. It's a good thing to think about. Again, if you're buying a new projector, make sure you look at the price of those bulbs before you make that purchase decision. Hey, thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of the shift question for Handy Andy at 877-399-9898. I heard there is a lettuce shortage. This is confusing because I heard you say that you had a bumper crop of it. Uh, help me understand what's going on. Well, that's a more of a supply chain, other parts of the world issue. Andy's garden doesn't supply all of Canada, just his neighborhood in Surrey, just to be that's clear. Right. But you did. You had a successful year with your lettuce. I know. And um, I actually froze a lot of it. Or not lettuce, but spinach and kale. And so now the price of greens have gone up significantly. So I'm very, very happy that I did that um, because I didn't foresee this happening. I, who would ever have thought that like a head of lettuce would be as expensive as, as it is? But it's because mm -hmm. of the supply chain issues. Um, so, yeah, another another really good reason why we should all be growing our own food, especially the, the greens, the, the lettuce, the kale and the spinach. Super easy to do. And a lot of us can do it for most of the year. Not right now, but, um, you know spring and summer and then the fall it usually you can get a crop out uh, i got a fall crop for the first time so that was really really nice and now it's in the freezer very cool stuff okay uh we've talked about using phones we've chatted about how handy they are until they're not handy anymore right uh there's some new investment going on that you found andy that might ease everybody's mind a little bit well, yeah, it's from Apple. They actually announced back in September a new feature on the iPhone 14 for emergency SOS. So say you're you're camping or you're going hiking and there is no cell reception and you get lost, you know, that can be nerve wracking because you can't get any help. Well, with this new feature, what Apple is doing is they're spending $450 million with a U.S. company called um, Global Star. And they're kind of like what tests are, sorry, Starlink is, what Elon Musk has their Starlink satellites. Global Star does what they're called low, low Earth orbit satellites, these LEO satellites. And they provide cellular and data service. So with this partnership with Apple, what essentially is going to happen if you're, say, hiking and you have no cell reception and you're lost, you can face your phone up into the sky. It will connect with one of these 24 Global Star satellites and be able to send that emergency text. Now, they're saying that this feature is going to be free for two years, but they've left the possibility of charging for it after that. I hope Apple does not charge for this because could you imagine you need this feature, but you never like 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 bought into it or subscribed to it, and next thing you know, 
you can't get help. So I, I hope they actually make this kind of a feature, but there is cost associated with it. They have to have people on the other end of the phone to, to make that support. But uh, a very cool thing, and I just hope it also comes to Android. It would be nice if Apple and Android work together because a feature like this could definitely save lives uh, in the near future. Well, we hear that, right? We hear that the uh, you know this car car companies will say they've got this integrated satellite conversation technology that will save you in an emergency, but only if you pay the extra fee, right? Like not really an emergency. We only help you if you pay extra money, right? So there's a bit of an integrity morality issue to these things. Yes, I would agree that you should say use. I think a car is an easier example, or yeah. if you're talking phones, maybe a larger hard drive. Therefore, you pay for that. Um, hot, better cameras, you pay for that. Kind of like on your car, you want a heated steering wheel, you pay for that. But you shouldn't have to pay for airbags. Like there should be a minimum standard for airbags in your car. Just like there should be a minimum standard on your cell phone that you can have access to 911. I do notice that my phone, when I'm on the airplane, it goes into SOS mode, right? Like when you put it in airplane mode like that. So it will go into SOS mode when it loses signal. And so, I mean, I've never obviously had the need to try it or risk going, what does this do? But I, I guess that we just found out what it does. Yeah, and I, I think it's hard for people to think, oh, am I going to ever use this feature? Should I pay for it? It's only when you really need it that you would be like, oh, I could really use this right now. So mm-hmm. I hope they don't charge for it. I hope even if the telecommunication companies work with the government for each respective country and say, let's just make this feature available so that if people are in trouble, because I know that, that it does that with SIMs. If you if you just take a, a, a phone without a SIM on it and you call 911, you're It'll still work. able to contact emergency numbers. I would just like to see that when you're off the grid as well. That would be a great feature. Uh, great advice there, handyandymedia.com. Last but not least, in the world of the technology, Netflix is going backwards in time. It's kind of like when, I remember when COVID hit, there was a real great tweet that got shared around, especially amongst the radio people. And someone had said, you know, it'd be a really amazing invention if someone made like a podcast, but it was live. And then <laughs> yeah. all the radio people were like, that's been happening for a hundred years. You have it all day, every day, everywhere. And Netflix, this nonlinear watch it when you want it kind of place is actually going backwards in time to be more like cable. And they're doing a live show. That's right. Uh, comedian Chris Rock is going to be doing a Netflix special. It's going to be the first live stream show that they've ever done. This opens the door for them of experimenting with new live content. It could be sports. It could be real-time reality shows where you have to vote. Uh, they're looking for other ways of differentiating themselves because all the other streaming platforms are starting to experiment with live shows. Of course, Amazon Prime Video, you can watch global news on that right now. Uh, that is kind of new. And so Netflix is kind of, you know, now trying to find new ways to attract and retain their their customers. And so, yeah, we'll have to see. It's going to happen in 2023 and early 2023. So we'll have to see if it's a hit or not. Uh, Really smart move to get Chris Rock because I think everybody will tune in to watch that to see if he says anything about that Will Smith slap that -hmm. happened to him uh, earlier. Uh, They had really good ratings if they invited Will Smith too. The... So can we just all agree that when everybody said, you know, oh, this is the next best thing, and this has happened with everything, right? You know, this is the next best thing, and now we're going backwards in time back to cable. Like, we should all just go buy cable now, because then you have one box, 
one box connected to your TV that gives you access to all the same things, including your cable channels, your live sports, all that stuff. And by the way, you can still watch your Netflix shows. So these, these, we've gone from paying $7 a month to paying $17 a month for Netflix just for them to go back to what we had in the first place. Oh no, there'll be ads, there'll be commercials too, just like TV. So yeah. you're right. We're going two steps back. Um, they're looking for inspiration in the past. And so we'll see if it actually works. People will stomach uh, live shows and commercials on Netflix. All right, handyandymedia.com. If you want to check out Andy Barrar's uh, blogs and videos and follow his YouTube channel as well and his video at shiftheads.ca uh, that he posts every week. Thanks, buddy. Great to see you. Yep. Thanks, Shane. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.